Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. Hi, I'm Renee. She is Tam. Hey, Renee. What's up with you? Hey, Miss Tam. How you doing? I'm doing most excellent. Beautiful. First thing first, how was your weekend? Weekend was fantastic, Tam. I don't know why this would even be a surprise to uh, you or any of our listeners that know both of us, but especially me. But I was in Vegas for the weekend, so... No. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that not surprising? <laughs> Wait, last week it was Reno. Now this week you were in the real Las Vegas. The real that part of correct. Nevada. Right, the bigger Reno. <laughs> okay, wait, no Coachella for you? Yeah, you know what? Everybody kept asking me about that because they were texting me. They were going, hey, wait a minute, you uh, are you at Coachella? And uh, I was like, oh, no, no, no. I said, uh, I'm, I'm out in Vegas because I, I didn't get to go to Coachella this year. And uh, not for any other reason than... A lot of my friends that were supposed to go didn't end up going because of just what other personal things that came up. I just didn't really have anybody to really go with that I hang out with like that. So none of the party people were in the house with you. So you decided to go to another party city. That's right. Actually, we all decided just to go to Vegas. <laughs> well, I did not go to Coachella, but I did watch Baycello, as in Beyonce, do her thing on the internet. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, she showed out. I wasn't in Coachella, nor was I in Bristol because I was at the... Formula, uh, Formula One. I have Formula One on the mind. For those that don't know, my whole goal in life is to go to Monaco for Formula One. If I keep saying Formula One, that's not what I mean. I meant to say IndyCar, as in the IndyCar racing series. I right. was at the Long Beach Grand Prix hanging out over there. And they do things a little bit different than us NASCAR folks, but I had a very awesome time. I think if you've Follow us on Twitter. Hopefully you checked out the video that I posted telling you guys to head over to thedrive.com. I actually was not covering the race per se for the drive. However, I did post social updates for the drive for the entire weekend. So that was pretty cool. Aside from that, my weekend was very low key. I got an opportunity, thanks to the rain delay, to jump in and catch some NASCAR on Monday. So I was excited about that because obviously I was at the track on Sunday as in the IndyCar track. So I missed, what was it? The first 200 laps, but it was like the third week in a row that there was issues with weather. Ah, okay. Yeah. The weather's actually been pretty sucky for the start of the season. I mean, Daytona, once the race day came, it was nice weather, but the day before, I believe it was like really, really cold. Las Vegas was really, really cold, like to the point where NASCAR folks that I know were like, oh my God, it's freezing. It's pretty much been a reoccurring trend every week that all the races are either cold or raining. I'm just glad that I missed the Bristol race because I was actually planning on going to Bristol and I got the dates mixed up and was like, oh wait, I need to go to the IndyCar race. So that worked out for me. But nonetheless, since we are talking about Indy, well, no, we're not talking about Indy. Okay, see, I'm so confused. Forgive me, listeners. 
You know, I'm thinking of Envy when I'm supposed to be talking about Bristol. I know. Well, you did apologize ahead of time, so we forgive you. So on that note, let's jump into the Bristol top 10. Kyle Bush, all that guy does is win, win, win. Everybody knows by now he won the race and he put the bump and run on Kyle Larson, who ended up being runner up. Surprisingly, and I feel bad using the word surprisingly when I'm speaking of Jimmy Johnson, but considering the losing streak, and I know he is not a loser, but if you're not winning, you're losing. He's been (laughs) on a very, (laughs) he's been on a down spiral. So to see him get a top five and come in third was pretty awesome. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., he kind of showed that he has a little bit more in him than just dominating at the super speed waves. He took home a fourth place finish at the short tracks. So, hey, good for Ricky. Alex Bowman, top five. He came in fifth place. Eric Amarola. This name was shocking to me because it was kind of like a quiet sixth place for Eric Amarola. I watched the race on Monday, but I don't really recall seeing much of Eric Amarola or hearing his name. So kudos to Eric. Seventh place was Kevin Harvick, Clint Boyer, eighth, Joy Logano, ninth, and Ryan Newman, tenth. The first thing that stuck out to me about the whole top 10 was obviously Kyle Larson was second again. And then, of course, Mm -hmm. Jimmy and Alex, the Hendrick Motors teammates, both got top five finishes considering that organization has not been performing well this season. But the other (laughs) thing that stuck out to me was quietly, well, I guess it's not even quietly, but that Stuart Haas team is no joke at this point. You had Eric, six, Harvick, seventh, and Clint Boyer, eighth. The only person missing from the top 10 was Kurt, as in Kurt Busch. Right. That's pretty impressive. Some other notables from Bristol included Daniel Suarez, who came home 11th. And that's not bad considering he's still dealing with his thumb injury. And David Reagan came in 12th. How about that? How about that? Now, here's something that's going to blow your mind. Guess what, Renee? If the playoffs started today, guess who would be in and who would be out? And who would that be? Paul Menard would be in. Paul Menard. And Jimmy Johnson, as in Mr. Seven Time, would be out of here. Outside looking in. He would be outside looking in. And you know who else would be in? Who's that? Second year cup driver, as in second year Eric Jones. That guy would be in. He would actually he he holds the twelfth playoff spot at the moment. Wow. That's crazy when you think about it. I mean, obviously we know. Austin Dillon, Kevin Harvick, Martin Truex Jr., Clint Boyer, as well as Kyle Busch are in because they actually secured their spots with wins. But it's crazy when you think about it that way because you're going, Paul Menard? You know, how would Paul Menard be in and Jimmy Johnson would be out? Well, it goes to show you how not good uh, Jimmy Johnson has been driving this year. Is that a word, not good? I don't know, but either way it goes, he hasn't been driving very good at all. No, not at all. The top five coming in third place, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. But it really isn't for anybody else. But considering everything that has transpired with him, Mm -hmm. it is a big deal. Right. What can you say? And one last note, there were only 12 drivers who finished on the lead lap in Bristol. That's just kind of mind boggling. But I guess it's not when you're dealing with short tracks and the rain delayed and It was accidents and all that kind of stuff. And one thing that kind of stuck out to me, too, was that 
Brad Kozlowski actually led 67 laps, but ended up finishing 23rd. And Ryan Blaney also led a whole bunch of laps. He led 100 laps and finished 35th because he had an accident. That's what happened at Bristol. On to the next. And we will jump into some Richmond in a little bit because we know you guys love short track racing. Actually, I've been thinking about doing some t-shirts or something that say something to the effect of short track racing. I don't know. Well, you know, your boy Bubba Wallace led a couple of laps, I think, didn't he? Bubba led a couple of laps and then nobody knows what happened because he was like in the front. And as soon as I got the tweet out, next thing I know, he was in fifth place and then he faded. Yeah. Like, where did he end up finishing? Like, 16th place or something? You know, just as much as our listeners do, that we both root for Bubba. It's one of those things where, you know, I love to see the guy, I would love to see the guy win a race personally, but I love seeing the guy finishing at the very top, whether it's top five or top 10, because I think that always is key to show that he belongs in cup racing. But whatever happened, the car just didn't perform the video he put out. And I'm sure maybe our listeners probably watched that video. He was really upset, Tam. Yeah, he should have been upset because it's not like he came home with a top 10 finish. He didn't even finish on a lead lap. Like he faded all the way to the back. Like he ended up, I think he only completed 499 of the 500 laps. So I know he wasn't on a lead lap because there were only 12 drivers. So if I'm not mistaken, he was one lap down when the race ended, which is kind of like, what the hell happened? Like, I know he was very upset and he had said something like to the effect that he was devastated. Like, what was his exact words? Were he said he was like, devastated. Oh, he said, he said, I'm devastated. Absolutely devastated. He said he also felt defeated because he said he knew he had a good car. He knew that, that his team put a good car together, a good enough car to, uh, to actually win that race. But whatever happened, happened, and the car just didn't perform very well in the end, or he didn't perform very well in the end. He didn't perform very well. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. You're a short track racing. You may not have a Hendrick engine, although at this point, I'm like, does it even <laughs> yeah. make a difference yeah. when it comes to the equipment? Because Hendrick is not all powerful like they used to be. He's racing for a team that is still somewhat not like top, top tier because it's not Penske or a Stuart Haas or a Hendrick team, but the equipment is not too shabby. At this point, you know what the dealership told me one time when I took in my car? I was like, why do I need brakes already? And the guy was like, it's operator error. Because he was saying it was the way I was driving. I was like, no, it's the way these, you know what, brake pads are made. Because you can't tell me that I need brakes when I have less than 10,000 miles on my car. Like my car wasn't even due for service. (laughs) So how do I need brakes? You know what's funny? When I'm not even driving. at this point, what's going through that guy's mind is like, oh yeah, let me guess. You watch NASCAR too, right, honey? (laughs) What was going through his mind was, let me take care of her because the dealership actually ended up giving me free brakes because I made such a stink about it. And at that point, this was like my car before last. At that point, there was something going on with all like the luxury, like Lexus, Mercedes, BMW were using some type of brake pads that were wearing very quickly. In fact, like I need brakes, brake pads now, which is crazy. 
But I'm about to get out of my car, so I am not yes. paying for no brakes, <laughs> knock on wood. At least, here's the thing. I'm not paying for any brakes because the brakes on my car are expensive. So I only have a little, well, my lease is up and I've just been driving the car month by month, which is crazy. Don't even ask. Not don't even try to. to figure it out. <laughs> I've been with, yeah, people are like, how are you just driving a car and you don't have a lease? It's a whole long story, but. Long as I pay each month, they send me this coupon, all this craziness. But I only have one more month to do that, which means next month I have to turn in my car. So saying all that to say, those brakes, those the little brake pads I have left will probably be down to the rotors when I get ready to turn the car in. (laughs) Everybody say a prayer for me. (laughs) Ford dropped some news today. So apparently the Mustang is coming to... NASCAR in 2019. Yeah, Did you I see saw the that. video? Wow. It's only right because when I think of NASCAR and Ford, I think of yeah. muscle cars. So the Mustang should have been in NASCAR. Yeah, I totally like, agree. It makes no sense. Like the Ford Fusion, when I think of a Fusion, I think of some mom and pop car, you know, and I've worked a lot with Ford. I mean, I've been to Dearborn. A few times I've, you know, driven on the track out there at the, the corporate headquarters. I'm just not a Fusion Prius type of person. No disrespect to Toyota or Ford, but I'm more of a, you know, I'm more of a Ferrari person. Let's just keep it 100. I'm a Porsche Ferrari type of girl. I mean, if somebody gave me a Lambo, I would drive <laughs> that too. But if I was buying a car... No, I would. Yeah. If I was buying a car, I would be buying a Porsche or I would be buying the Ferrari Portofino. But I don't have Ferrari money. Right. So exactly. So <laughs> that's not happening anytime soon. I got Ford Mustang money, barely. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, some of those Ford Mustangs are super fast. Like I have one... Well, you were with me last year in Daytona. Yeah. When that I had was a that really Mustang. nice one that, that we had. Yeah. Because it was the performance orange color. I forgot what they call it, but it's like the racing orange performance color. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Any thoughts on Ford bringing the Mustang to NASCAR? Well, you know what? I was just going to add on to what what you were just saying a few minutes ago. You know, sometimes when you just think of racing or race cars, I see a Mustang there already. Kind of like in general. And I don't mean NASCAR specifically. I just mean just like when you see people racing. When you're just on the street here or whatever city that you're in, uh, but especially here in L.A., I see these Ford Mustangs all over the place. And if you don't think that these guys have these cars revved up and fixed up, and you hear them on the street, you see them on the freeway, these guys are pushing those cars pretty hard, you know. And why wouldn't you? It's a Mustang. Maybe I'm older and I have a different mentality of how to drive my car, and maybe that's why kids who are under 25 have their insurances so high. because they drive differently, I think I still I still would drive that Mustang very hard because it's just a racing kind of car. Why not push it a little bit? Well, I'm all for the Mustang. Yeah, that makes sense. Not so much for the Fusion <laughs> because I don't even like the way that sounds. If this was Formula E, maybe. I mean, I know obviously don't for those listeners are like, what is she talking about? Yeah, I know it wouldn't be in Formula E, but the name itself, Fusion, sounds more like, yeah, Formula E, technology, electronic, all that stuff. Not NASCAR is muscle. Quick story. 
when most people do the Long Beach Grand Prix, some people don't even go to the track or if they, because it's a street race, so you have to find a spot, all this stuff. But a lot of people always migrate to the Renaissance, which is across the street, and they, you know, kind of have drinks and hang out in the lobby. Good friend of mine, she missed the credential office, so she wasn't able to get her credentials. So she kind of, you know, hung out at the Renaissance. I joined her. We ended up meeting a whole bunch of people. And of course, the conversation came up, NASCAR versus IndyCar versus Uh Formula One. And I found myself right in the middle debating as always. And of course, this guy was like, oh, you just like redneck S-H-I-T. Excuse me for our underage listeners, but hopefully you can't spell that word. (laughs) You should be able to spell it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I was like, don't talk about my sport like that. This is where I draw the line. I told him we were having a good time until he talked about my sport. I say this all the time. I like the poshness of Formula One. I really, really do. And I get IndyCar, but I'm just a NASCAR girl. It's simple as that. But I will say the people that we were with were very nice. And one of the guys, he's told me, because I told him I like Gentleman Jack, and he was like, oh, you need to upgrade. I was like, well, what, do you, what should I be drinking? He was like, yeah, I got to upgrade your scotch selection. So he bought me some McCullen. Uh, some kind of 118 or something, but it was good. It was smooth. So kudos to that guy. And that guy actually works on a lot of movies. And of course, I looked him up because you can't believe when people tell you, but he's worked on Avatar, Maleficent, like all these huge animated movies. He was legit. Thanks again, my new friend for the scotch. It was good. What else we need to talk about? Oh, there's some Dale Jr. news. I feel, I miss talking about Dale Jr. What are we, like nine or <laughs> ten episodes in this season? And we haven't really talked about Dale. Crazy thing about Dale Jr. right now is more or less like, and obviously he's not racing anymore, but there's still J- Dale Jr. news because, you know, he still runs his podcast, and it's uh, which is probably even more popular now than it was when he was driving. But the crazy thing is, is that he has, he said on his podcast, which is going to be recorded on Tuesday, his guest is none other than Kyle Bush. Now, why this is so significant, Tam, as well as you know, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners probably know, and if you don't know, Kyle Bush and Dale Jr. have a little bit of a history together. And, and this goes back to 2008. And Tam, Kyle Bush has been one of these guys who have been hated on for a long time. You know, just as much as I do, and especially a lot of the races that we've gone to, especially the ones that you have gone to, guess who's always getting booed? Guess who's always getting cheered? Well, yes, you guessed it. Dale Jr. is always getting cheered, and Kyle Busch is always the guy that's getting booed. How many? How many? And you know, and I, I, I'm laughing because you know every race that we go to, and even any race that we don't go to, because you can watch it on TV, but it's amazing how. Kyle Busch just over and over again always gets booed, but he he loves it. You know that? Like, he literally, literally lo- loves it. Well, he feeds off the haters. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm always just in disbelief that it's so much hate for Kyle Busch. Like, how can you hate that guy? Like, he's passionate. Yes. And he's a winner. Like, it's not like he's not backing it up. And to be honest, he doesn't really... How can I say this? Like, what does he actually do to make you hate him? That's what I've been trying to figure out 
as long as I've been a NASCAR fan. Like, he's not even as boisterous as somebody, like Kevin Harvick tells it like it is. But yet, I don't see people hating on him. I mean, I, I, I know he has haters, but not like Kyle Busch. And Denny Hamlin can be kind of interesting as well. But he doesn't have haters like that. Last year, his little trice, Trista, whatever you want to say it, with Chase Elliott brought him some new haters. But I don't know if Rowdy Bush, as in Kyle Bush, is the true villain. Yeah, me neither. And we've talked about this before, but Brad Keselowski was actually on his way to becoming a hater, but it kind of died down. Like, I kind of feel as if nobody's even talking about Brad Keselowski these days. I know. You know what's crazy? Because I remember Bad Brad was just kind of like one of those guys who you going, boy, this guy is is a real butt face, you know? And... <laughs> And I know a lot of people didn't like the way he was driving, you know, especially earlier in his career. A couple of episodes that I remember, we talked about how it seemed like Brad getting, you know, how his family, you know, his wife and his kid, maybe that just kind of changed his way of driving and how he treated other drivers on the racetrack. It was just different because we saw a difference in him. But some people just, for whatever reason, they just love to boo Kyle Busch. One other person. I felt that we shouldn't leave out of this group is Joy Logano. He was on his way to being a villain. And I don't know if it helped him when Kyle Busch socked him in the face. Well, they say it didn't connect or whatever. But sometimes I just think like, why is this guy hated? He's a winner. And it's not like he's Kobe. Like people legitimately hated Kobe, but Kobe gave people a reason to hate him. Right, exactly. Let's okay, get yeah, back so, to Dale Jr. So right. Kyle Bush will be on Dale Jr.'s podcast. I, we went on a whole thing about haters. In fact, we should title this podcast episode yeah. Haters. Anyway, so just to let any of our listeners know if they had forgotten or some of our listeners who probably don't know what the incident is, this goes back to 2008 at, at the Richmond track. Now, the only thing memorable about that particular night was this particular moment. And if I'm not mistaken, it was six laps to go. Earnhardt was in first and Bush was running second, but he was running a tight second. With three laps to go, Bush and Dale Jr. were, were kind of like basically neck and neck. And I believe it was on turn three where they were kind of a little side by side. Bush got a little loose and he wrecked Dale and Dale ended up finishing 15th. And Bush didn't even end up winning the race. He actually ended up winning second to your boy, Clint Boyer. And, uh, <laughs> and you know what's so funny about that? Because I, was re uh, I went back and was reading it. I remember reading saying that Boyer said, the only way that I have a chance to win this race is if these two guys, these two knuckleheads in front of me, <laughs> end up racing each other out of the race and he said, I couldn't believe I was watching it unfold in front of me because he said, oh, my God, it's going to happen. And sure enough, it did. And the next thing you know, Boyer's in, in victory lane. Denny Hamlin was actually dominating that race, which was which is why they, most people said it was just boring because Denny Hamlin was like literally like just outracing everybody until that particular moment where Denny Hamlin got a flat tire, I think it was. And he stopped, he stopped literally on the racetrack, which nobody really mentioned at the time. I think other than Dale Jr., Dale Jr. said that now he was kind of pissed off at Denny because he did that. And he was like, nobody does that. He goes, that, that's a move that you just don't do. But anyway, that's the incident that went back. And that's why the this, this significance of having Kyle Busch 
on his podcast was so significant because he's Dale Jr. specified that they really had never talked about that incident since then. They never really got together and discussed anything about what happened. What, why did you, why did you wreck me? Why didn't you do something different? Blah, 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 blah. And that is why that was so significant that he was going to have him on the podcast because they were going to talk about it. Yeah, well, I saw the tweet that he put out saying that he was going to have him on the podcast and the hashtag Mending Fences. That should be interesting. We'll see. I mean, he said that he's a friend and that they've never discussed it, like you said, publicly or privately. We'll see how it ends up playing out. And on that note, I guess, can we go on to the fan comment of the week? We can. Oh, I know there was one other thing. Didn't Dale... On another podcast, Dale had mentioned some advice that his dad had gave right, him. Right, exactly. He was speaking a podcast, basically but... just uh, talking about how the late Dale Senior was giving him, and he didn't give him a, a lot of advice. He didn't give him this huge, big piece of advice. It was just little advice that he was giving him on how to race on short tracks. And he noticed that Junior was just doing things wrong. That he thought he could just help him out by just saying things. And I believe he was discussing this with Dale Jarrett. And Dale Jarrett was like, well, man, I was having a complex because I thought I thought Dale Sr. hated me. He would never talk to me about racing. And, he, and Dale Jarrett was saying he was always trying to pick Dale Sr.'s brain. And uh, Dale Jr. goes, well, no, it wasn't even that. He goes, man, he goes, he wasn't like, it wasn't like he was sitting there giving me top-notch advice. He was just kind of showing me like, you know, when to accelerate, when not to accelerate and how to come off of the turns a little bit harder. He's like, because I was doing things ass backwards, if you will. But he said that it was just a little bit of advice that his father gave him on how to race on these short tracks that he he just kind of embedded in his head and he and it went a long way. In that note, that that's what he was talking about as far as advice from his father. It's relevant because we're racing at short tracks oh, yeah. next week again. Hey, great advice. Okay, moving on. Well, maybe not moving on, but kind of stand on the same thing. It is time for our fan comment of the week. I feel like we're just going to talk about Dale for the rest of the episode. <laughs> Here we go. Our fan comment of the week comes from the Reddit NASCAR board. We did not do our Twitter chat this week because obviously the race was going on when we usually do our Twitter chat. We'll be back next week. So this week we're back on the Reddit board, combing through the comments, looking for what fans are really talking about. Because after all, this is a podcast for fans by fans. So we try not to ever lose touch with what you guys want to talk about and what you guys want to hear. Absolutely. This comment was somebody posted Kyle Bush will be Dale Jr.'s guest on his download podcast. They'll discuss the 2008 wreck. Just a few comments. Somebody chimed in and said, does anyone dislike Dale Jr., especially retired Dale? How could you not love the guy? Yeah. That is a question. Even before he retired, I always felt like, how could you not like the guy? Like Dale Jr. has carried the weight of the sport on his shoulders forever. He's Even though he's retired, he's still somewhat, what is it, a pallbearer for the sport. So let's read some of the other comments. Somebody chimed in and said, there's still a lot of people who felt he never deserved to be in a cup as in a cup car, and was only there because of the name and his father bankrolling him. Him succeeding so much at Super Speedways earlier on also made some people pretty angry, the same way Kyle does now. 
Well, I can't even really compare the anger that people have for Kyle Bush versus the anger people may have for Dale Jr. because of yeah. his dad and him succeeding at super speedways. <laughs> because it's just two different things going on. Like at the end of the day, people always find something to like about Dale. Kyle Bush can win the next 10 races and they'll just be mad at him just because he won. <laughs> you know what? That is so true. Let's see. What else do we have? There are so many great comments. I'm trying to find some that are super short. Let's see. Somebody said Kyle Bush and Junior wrecked while battling for the lead at Richmond in 2008. I don't think many people need a refreshment on this topic. I know. Well, we, we did. just gave you a refreshment, <laughs> a long refreshment. Okay. Let's see. Somebody said it should go up Tuesday, but with the postponement of Bristol race, it could be Wednesday. So they're just referring to the fact that since the race was postponed at Bristol and we ran on Monday, that the Dell Jr. download episode with Kyle Bush probably won't ah, okay. be posted to Wednesday. That's when we post this podcast. So we'll have two podcasts to listen to. Uh, let's see this one last comment. I'll be interested to hear this honestly. At the time, I think my entire household started hating Kyle at that single moment in time. And it's really just kind of been a wave ever since. I don't mind him anymore, just amused by his attitude and annoyed by his driving in Xfinity slash trucks. Okay, so that was an honest answer. And that kind of gets to the heart of what we're talking about. Like, there's no reason to hate Kyle Bush. So, what I'm gathering is that. This, well, basically what this particular commenter and this person, her, their username on Reddit is Fan 95 They put it out there and was honest and said that they hate Kyle Busch for what he did to Junior in 2008. And at this point that he doesn't bother them, but they're just mad about him racing in Xfinity and trucks. Yeah. Well, okay. There you go. One last thing I want to read and then we're good. This commenter writes, I didn't particularly care for Kyle or Junior, but I've always liked Boyer. So that Richmond SHIT show was just perfect for me. Remember it like it was yesterday. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, I got to read this one last one. Anyone else think it'll still be awkward if Bowman and Kyle happen to be side by side during the race, despite the fact that the two have gotten over it? That person was comparing. I guess Bo Alex Bowman driving the number 88 being side by side with Kyle Busch. At this point, I don't feel like the numbers still have meaning like they used yeah. to. And that's a whole nother right. topic. I guess now it is time for our predictions. Here we go. Renee, who you got? Alrighty. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. We actually are in Richmond. Is that correct? We are in Richmond. Renee, Richmond, short track racing. Short track racing. And let me tell you something. I am going to go, and this is going to be crazy because I don't know if this has ever really happened in the same season, but I think I'm going to go with Kyle Busch going for the trifecta. How about that? I am going with Kyle Busch to go for the turkey. And if he doesn't win, then I look like the turkey. So... I'm going with Kyle Busch to win at Richmond. And if I have to have to go with a, uh, a younger driver that might be able to pull that out, I don't know if, I'm not even sure if Larson is considered, uh, well, I guess he could be. But uh, I'm actually going to go with Larson, uh, maybe winning that race if Kyle Busch doesn't come through. Okay, those are Renee's picks and he's sticking to them. 
And they were premeditated because last week, if you recall in the podcast, he actually really wanted to pick Kyle Bush for Richmond, but we were at Bristol. So he was reserving his pick. That is correct. And now he's picking <laughs> Kyle Bush for Richmond. If you recall, your girl Tam picked Kyle Bush to win last week. Okay. And he won. Don't doubt my knowledge of NASCAR. Or some may say it was just a lucky, lucky shot. On that note, it's time for the history lesson before we wrap the show. I always give you guys the past 10 winners at the track that we are racing at. So without further ado, here we go. Past 10 winners at Richmond, 2008, Clint Boyer. <laughs> 2009, Kyle Busch. 2010, Kyle Busch. 2011, Kyle Busch. 2012, Kyle Busch. 2013, Kevin Harvick. 2014, Logano. 2015, Kurt Busch, 2016, Carl Edwards, and 2017, Joy Logano. We race at Richmond twice a year. And some notables, just some patterns that I picked up on. Clearly, I just called Kyle Busch's name a whole bunch of times. And what I just read, the past 10 winners were for the first race of the season at Richmond, not the second Ah, race. What we have going on is that Kyle Busch is a four-time cup winner. At Richmond, he's also a six-time Xfinity winner at Richmond. Let's see. Oh, wait, this is interesting. So Kyle Larson actually won the cup race at Richmond in 2017. He won the second race of the season. And he also won the Xfinity race in 2017 at Richmond. Oh, some few things, too. This is something that kind of struck me. We haven't talked about the veterans versus the young guys in a while, but veterans have dominated at Richmond. Even in the, and, and when I say dominated, I'm talking about both the Cup and the Xfinity Series. Aside from Chase winning the Xfinity race in 2015, and of course, Kyle Larson, although I just never want to consider Kyle Larson a young guy, but vets have dominated. In fact, Hamlin who has three cup wins at Richmond, also has three Xfinity wins. And then Kevin Harvick has three cup wins and seven Xfinity wins. And when you look at the past 10 winners at Richmond in the Xfinity series, again, aside from Chase Elliott in 2015, it's pretty much been the veteran drivers. And if you're wondering who I'm picking, I am going with Kyle Busch for the win again this week. And I'm going with Kyle Larson for my young driver. I think he's tired of being second. So he may be second again this week to Kyle Busch. But if not, I think he can win. There you have it. Those are my picks. And you sticking to them, Tim? I'm sticking to them. Okay. Well, those are Tim's predictions. Those are my predictions. If you guys got predictions that uh, you'd like to let us know about, hit us up on our social media across the board at Turns No Breaks on Instagram and the Twitter. Or you can follow us um, on our uh, website, actually. Go to our website. Please uh, look us up at www.alltursnobreaks.com and take a look at our Facebook page. You can like us there. And ladies and gentlemen, like always, you can get our podcast on Apple Podcasts and you can always find us there. You can always find us on Stitcher, find us on Google Play, and you can always find us on SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. 
pretty much any place that you get a podcast, that you download your podcast, you can find us there. That's beautiful. And for Tim and for myself, we always appreciate you listening in and tuning into our podcast. We will see you here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tim and Renee. 